Anthony Davison. <laughs> Here we go again, Mark Hill, new foundation father. We we just done a retake because the mic fell off, so this is yeah, amusing. Yeah. Um, tell me what you're up to. What so you I'm doing? I'm a fifth generation farmer, and I started Big Barn 22 years ago. Where's that? Where are you? Uh, we're based in kind of Cambridgeshire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, what I'm trying to do is is reconnect people with local food producers. And I started because we were growing onions in Norfolk, and every year we get 100 pounds a ton for them, and we'd then see them on the supermarket shelf two days later for 800 quid a ton. And you, go, and you go, wow. <laughs> and I got quite excited about that because I thought, well, this margin means that if we could sell locally, even for 200 pounds a ton, and they were sold for 400, we'd be better off twice yeah. and, and the consumer would get them at half price. So this is the whole principle behind what I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to build these local supply chains and local systems. So I started with a local food map that's, that's yeah. on there that, um, that gets about 5,000 visitors a day and we've got about 9,000 suppliers on it. And what I now want to do is help those suppliers team up mm -hmm. to offer a, a wider range of goods. And um, the, the difference with it between our map is that anyone can have it to look as though it's theirs. So we work with a lot of associations like the Rare Breed Survival Trust, British Pig Association. So they have our map on their website mm. to look as though it's theirs with their members, but then they're also on our site. And we'd love people like Jamie Oliver to have the map so that everyone who's on the map is going, oh, bloody hell, I better update it because everyone's got a password. Yeah. So they update it and they say, well, I've well, got cattle coming in this is what next week. This is what we're doing. This is a video of, of uh, the habitat and this is what we're doing. So I'm now taking it in the next stage because we've got a farmyard with offices and we're converting the offices to food retail. Yeah. And what I want to do is, uh, is build this up and duplicate it all over the country. So that the idea is that uh, you have a butcher and a baker and a uh, not a candles, a deli, um, maybe chocolate a maybe too. in the future. But it, it's mainly about food and drink. Yeah. And uh, one of the things is, is I want a, um, uh, 20 cows in the field with an automatic milking machine and a vending machine yep. so that people can see the cows being milked and then they can go and buy, buy the, the milk. And I think if you sell it for £1.50, uh, you're actually viable with 20 cows. Whereas the normal farm, you need 200 cows because you're only getting about 30p. And a shitload of capital and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. equipment and yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And these, vending, these automatic uh, machines now are quite cheap. So if we could um, get a small grant, it could be up and running straight away. That's a big shift, isn't it? I mean, <coughs> part of the big shift is this, the, if you like, the enabling technology has just become so much easier and lower cost and, and you can do this now in a distributed way, in a way we probably never could have done yeah. 30 years. Well, you've been doing it for a long time, but. Yeah. And, and with video, and I kind of we do lots of videos and case studies other farmers can follow yeah. so one of the things I'm, I'm, I think we really need is a more enlightened society so I'm working with the local schools so I go in there every Thursday so what do you do with the schools what? well the first week we did apple pressing and um, uh, I took an apple press in and the um, we pressed loads of local apples that I picked and some of them had um, kind of maggot marks and I said to the kids should we eat these and um, and they said, well, we don't want it. And I said, well, just taste it. And then they said, well, yeah, let's, let's put those in. And they were drinking all this apple juice and going absolutely ballistic. It was a complete riot. And luckily, the, uh, the headmistress said, um, oh, I love this. This is going really well. And, uh, and, but I stopped the kids and I said, look, right, you're going ballistic, you guys. And you know why that is, don't you? And they went, no, no. I said, it's the sugar in the apple juice. I said, that goes back to when we were cavemen and that when there was sugar about, our brains said, have as much as you can, because that keeps you going. 
But nowadays, there's too much sugar about, and we're eating too much sugar. And we must tell our brains to say, no, be careful how much we have, which is why we've got problems with obesity and diabetes. And you can see these kids kind of mulling it over and going, hmm, oh, that's interesting. My mum's my mom's got a bit of diabetes. You know, and um, if we can teach all our kids that, to think about what they're buying and what they're eating, it, it could be really important. So, yeah, so you know, they've got a practical thing that they've done and they've learned something really good. And so the next stage we did um, raised beds with different types of animal manure and we buried a pair of underpants in each different raised bed yeah, yeah, yeah. so that they could you know, be growing stuff in the raised bed but also looking at how the underpants were de decomposing. <laughs> or not. So it's, a, yeah, so it's, a, you know, it's another interactive thing. And a couple of weeks ago we made stinging nettle soup. So, um, so I went and took them some stinging nettles and we picked some more around the, the playground and the kids uh, mixed it all up in the saucepan and then we got this hand blender and whizzed it all up and they said, God, can we taste it now? And I said, yeah, yeah, we'll taste it. So they were having little bowls of it and they'd go, God, that's delicious that is, which was just fantastic because you've got these kids who are having something that normally they'd turn their nose up. Um, so so uh, one of the kids said, can I take my teacher some? And I went, yeah, yeah, do that. And it was the teacher who then went, Oh, see that soup? Do I want that? Because the child had brought it, she had to kind of taste it. She was going, oh, actually, that's quite nice. Yeah. So, you know, these are the kind of things you want to do. And, and this whole kind of food discovery, when the kids are, are growing stuff at the school and we're growing stuff at the food park and we're kind of swapping and changing it and the community can get involved and we're selling produce that's cheaper than Morrison's. But some of it will be so, more expensive. So say that again, produce is cheaper than Morrison's, because part of the mythology is that, you know, good food has to be more expensive. Yeah. Um, well, you know, in a lot of organic systems it does need to be, because often your input costs are higher, but you're saying it doesn't have to be. Well, I oh, think at the point of me as a person with my shopping basket buying yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we won't have, what we've got to do is, is kind of enlighten people to say that, what we got at the food park isn't anything like the range that you got at Morrison's. But you mean I don't need fifty different <coughs> kinds of jam? Exactly. Yeah, really? Yeah, oh, can that's some, a you can have some homemade stuff. <laughs> but but you know, to say look, these are the essentials and these are going to be cheaper because we've grown them locally. Just going back to the onion yeah. example, you know, if you grow them yourself and you can get the full retail price, you can charge less for them. So yeah. you know, we, it, I'd like to be. 20% cheaper than, than Morrison's on vegetables, on our mm. main row of vegetables. And I think we can be quite easily if we grow it ourselves. I mean, if we get local farmers involved as well. And still make a <laughs> decent living out of doing it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So all around the, 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 the food retailers, we want to have growing. And um, one of the things that, that I think is also really cool is that uh, we'll have um, avocado on the menu and we'll say, you can't have this yet, it needs to, we can have it in five years' time when we've grown some. I love uh, it. But until then, you can have mushy peas and lemon, which taste a bit like avocado. Oh, clever. And it's the same with, um, uh, I want to have a strawberry, strawberry um, lemon and orange polytunnel, because apparently orange blossom at a certain time of year is unbelievable. Mm. And there's no reason why we can't have a polytunnel that, and a ground source heat pump that just keeps the frost off at certain times of the year but at the rest of the time it's all growing and we can have a I've just talked to someone over there about a vineyard so we can yeah. have a vineyard as well get people in and um, so it can be you know everything you can think of we can have it so it's almost like 
rediscovering the potential of what we can actually grow locally when we get out of these big industrial supply chains yeah. and get back to connecting local people with local food and doing that everywhere. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is that what uh, it's about? Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and encouraging people to try out different things. So like I spoke to a guy over there yeah. telling, telling him the, um, the story about the kids and the, and the sugar. And he was saying, well, in our household, we've really become aware of that. And he said, I can't eat baked beans anymore because I realise how sweet they are, oh, how much yeah. sugar there is in them. And, um, and all the foods we seem to eat now have got that perfect balance of sugar and salt yeah. that make our brains go, oh, that's really nice. That is. Perfectly but it is designed for addiction. Exactly, exactly. But if we can get people thinking about that and going, well, you know, we've got some beans that we've grown here. We've got some tomatoes. Let's make our own baked beans. Mm. And, um, and they always taste amazing. When yeah, you and, that, and that's, that's nat natural sugar out of the, the tomatoes, I suppose, and you, yeah. you add a bit of salt. But, but you know you've, you've made it yourself. Yeah. And it's amazing, the other day, we, we, we got some potatoes out of a bag, and the kids were pulling the potatoes out. And when we got them out, I said, well, what are we going to do with them now? I said, why don't we take them to the dinner lady, and she can cook them for you. Yeah, and they went... Stop for a minute. Oh, oh they drill a hole. <laughs> you were telling me about the the school and what was happening yeah so so one week I took in a bag of potatoes that I'd grown uh, and the idea is you plant potatoes in the bag keep filling it up with compost and the potatoes grow out the top and eventually you can pull the leaves out and there's loads of potatoes in the bottom so I took that in and the kids were getting really excited about finding the potatoes and then I said well what about cooking them and I said why don't we take them to the dinner lady and she can cook them for us and they went yeah let's do that and they took them there and there's and you could see this the dinner lady suddenly twigged that if the kids had grown the food, they were going to want to eat it. So she would just have to put, do something reasonably yeah. you know, basic with them. And these kids would become piling in and go, oh, let me taste those potatoes. And so she's now said to me, whatever you can grow with the kids, bring it to me. And I'll make sure. And, they, I, and I'll uh, cook it. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So you've, you've suddenly got healthier food. You're saving, them, you're saving the school some money. And all the kids are going, oh, I'm not going to bring my um, packed lunch in anymore because I've grown this food and I want to get involved. So if you look forward to like 20 years, what, what, what could this world be like? I mean, you know, what could oh, we be doing? I mean, if, if we can get this going and we can get this in, into every school, it'll make such a difference. And what, what I do with the kids every, every week is I get them to do a video of what we're doing. Yeah. So that uh, I then edit the video down to about two minutes. So do you think people will make different choices in, their, in, in, in what they're buying? I think they would have, yeah. I think once they got involved and, and they understand food, and, and the difference between good food and bad food, I think they'll, they'll make better choices and they'll also influence other people to make better choices. And, um, you know, the, there should be a lot more in the NHS about this kind of thing. And um, at the, the moment... Health side's going to... Well, at the moment, the NHS spends 40 million a year on free fruit for school scheme. I think that 40 million, if you spent it on a veg patch or an orchard, the kids would eat every single thing, whereas the free fruit for schools thing, 60% of the stuff is imported, 50% is thrown away, and 30% has got more chemicals on than allowed in the supermarket. <laughs> so poor old NHS are inadvertently poisoning the kids, <laughs> which, is, which is just such That's a shame. Nuts, but we've got, a, we've got to supply an alternative. Uh, and so the idea of these videos that we're making is that um, by the end of the year, or obviously next year, I'll have a video for every week and all we really want is for a farmer to look at the video and go, oh, shit, I can do that. I'll go to the local school and I'll help out every week. Or someone in the community will go, I'll do it. Because if you, if you say to the, kid, the, the teachers, you've got to do it, yeah. it won't be done.
because they're already really busy. So it needs someone from the outside to come in and help. And, it, and that isn't rocket science. I mean, that's that's well, dead easy, as long as they know what to do. What I hear you talking about as well is essentially it's also it's a shift in thinking because it's collaborative systems. It's not, it's not command and control. It's basically you're doing something and you're saying you're inviting other people to do the same and share what, you've, what you're creating and yeah, yeah. making it available and building networks. And then we yeah, yeah. We'll make it happen. And um, you know, there's different food parks can trade food between them. Yeah. Or someone can come up with a way of making cheese and they can share it with the other food park. And that, that, you know, the great thing about these local systems is they're not competing with each other. It makes sense to work together. Collaborating. To collaborating and swapping ideas and best practice. So I think it's a really exciting time, especially with technology that we've got now, a video, that you can just send someone a link and they can watch it and go, oh, God, that's how to do it. I can do that so too. It's, really, it's a really good time. Well, that is a perfect note to finish. It is a good time. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much. Thanks,